Hey guys, welcome back to In The Zone. I am Chris Martelli here, co-host with my boy, Giancarlo Alino. Uh, episode 94 today, it's going to be relatively short, uh, just based off of... Today is more or less talking about the Leafs' future and just talking about you know where we see this team maybe moving forward. Are they in a rebuild, a retool? What necessarily are they doing, Alino? We really have no idea. So in today's episode, we're kind of just going to go through the process of retooling for teams in the NHL, but specifically the Leafs. And we're going to talk about maybe key pieces that are going to be on the move today. So without further ado, Alino, I'm going to start with this question. Kasperi Kapanen officially gets traded back to the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Leafs actually get a pretty good haul in this trade. What are your thoughts initially on this trade that went through? Yeah, so when I first heard Kapanen, he's being traded to Pittsburgh, I thought, okay, oh, what did Dubas do now? What's he doing? He's getting Kapanen back to Pittsburgh. He's probably not going to get anything back. Then uh, as a day went on, we found out the return for him, and it was pretty good. First-round pick, we got uh, Rodriguez in the deal. We got Hollander in the deal. So with the guys that the Leafs picked up in that trade, I think it's a lot better than the package they gave up to get that first-round pick in those guys. Like, some of the guys they gave up, like those other players weren't really, I don't think, slotted in to make this team next year. So it's not too much of a loss. But in terms of what Kapanen had, his contract, that's a great $3 million off the books now. Gives him some more money to play around with in free agency. Uh, maybe even re-sign some players to shorter uh, term deals or maybe even a discount. But I think that's a really good move for the Leafs right now. Awesome. Uh, what, do you, what are your initial thoughts on, on the first round pick coming through? Because I know a lot of fans were surprised with that outcome. Do you see the Leafs maybe potentially moving the 15th overall pick or do you see them relatively keeping it and uh, just drafting someone to add to the depth of this roster? Yeah, this one, they can go either way with it because when you look at the way they finished, I think this is probably around the area if they had their own first round pick where they'd be drafting. But since that trade with Marlowe to Carolina... And they buy them out, that first rounder goes to them. So uh, at least they got back on this one. I think they should package it, maybe look at another trade. Because when you look at their prospect system, I think they have a lot of uh, young players on their team right now, especially on the main roster. So I don't think you really need another skilled guy coming in and uh, all this hype around them. I think you should uh, use this to your advantage. Look around the league, look at some defensemen on some shorter term deals maybe expiring contracts like what you got with Barry last year and pull the trigger on that. Cause I think uh, a lot of people are going to be expecting this team to make a deep run this year, uh, just like every year, but especially with this one, uh, getting eliminated in the qualifiers was tough for them. And I think they really need to have some success this year, or there's going to be a lot of changes in management. Yeah. Speaking of management, actually, uh, I want to quickly discuss Kyle Dubas has basically voiced that he is willing to change, um, Change the coaching under any circumstances. We saw that they fired the assistant coach. Um, Bruce Boudreaux actually came out, at least at least in, a, in an interview, saying that he is open to coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs if the opportunity presented itself. Now, I know that we are both big fans of analytics. We have been at least for a while. The game has gotten a lot quicker. There's been a lot more scoring chances. And, you know, statistics and the internet and media in general has just revolutionized sports. So... Uh, without further ado, Alino, I'm going to ask this question. Is Sheldon Keefe, do you believe he is the right guy to coach this team? Or can you maybe see a Bruce Boudreaux maybe bringing this team a little bit more flair and necessarily maybe even more success? Yeah, that's tough because like Sheldon Keefe had success with these guys when they're on the Marlies. 
Uh, majority of the team were on the Marlies with um, Calder Cup, and he does know uh, Kyle Dubas from their time, uh, even before coming to the Leafs. So their relationship, the chemistry, they know what they like. But if you're going off with the NHL, I wouldn't mind Bruce Boudreaux coming in. He's had success with offensively gifted teams. When he had Ovi in Washington, they won all those President's Trophies. They didn't really, it didn't translate in the playoffs because I think he didn't have the enough uh, offensive firepower. He'd had Backstrom, Ovi, Mike Green. But uh, in terms of other players around them, like Brooks Like, Eric Fair, Sergei Fedorov near the end of his career. So it's not like the same as if what he would have with the Leafs with having Marner, Tavares, Matthews, and uh, Morgan Riley. So I think Bruce Woodrow is a perfect fit for this team. It would give them an opportunity to make a deep run. And I think uh, just the way he coaches and his uh, style of play, what he likes, actually probably best suits the Leafs more than Sheldon Keith. Yeah, I agree. I think I really like the way that Bruce Boutreau presents himself, not only as a coach, but as a mentor, especially for these young players. I mean, we've seen time and time again, Babcock with that story that came out with the whole Marner deal. I think that was a, a negative for sure, at least for the young guys in the dressing room. You can't be picking and bullying guys that are, you know, not even at that point in their career. I don't think Marner was a rookie. I think it was his second year and Babcock was just kind of trolling him. Uh, you shouldn't be doing that to the young guys. If anything, you should be mentoring and and just teaching them the ways and evolving and becoming a true leader. And I think Bruce Boudreaux has that. I, we saw, at least I saw, I remember in 24-7, that series, remember, with the Winter Classic, just watching oh. Bruce Boudreaux just hound on his on his players. I think that's exactly what this team needs. I know Austin Matthews, he's a hell of a leader. Morgan Riley, John Tavares, those three guys. They're, hella, they're great leaders. I mean, they know what they're doing. They know how to talk. They know how to show up as well. And uh, I think Bruce Boudreaux, if he really can get to guys like William Nylander and Mitch Marner and even maybe a guy uh, like a Travis Dermott, uh, I think this team would be a lot better off. I know Zach Hyman doesn't need that. He doesn't need that aggressive you know, coaching. He's basically, it's in his blood. It's in his DNA. He is our strongest player. So... Um, I think, you know, Bruce Boudreaux would be a perfect fit for this Leafs team. And I think Kyle Dubas and Brandon Shanahan, I think they should they should think about that long and hard before any decisions are made. But moving forward, Alino, I want to quickly talk. Um, James Myrtle of The Athletic, he basically said that this is not the end. Uh, and so did Ray Ferrar, our member on TSN, watching it a couple days ago. I'm the same way. I believe that there are a lot more moves coming. I don't see this team being the same team that we saw last year. I mean, we could already confirm that Cody Cece is relatively gone. Um, I think Tyson Berry, he's going to maybe try and stay here, but I think the contract just won't work. The, the shoe won't fit, so I don't see him staying here either. And then there's even talks of maybe even Jake Muzzin kind of going. I'm not really sure how that would go. I know he has, I think, one year left on his contract, but maybe if you can trade him. Um, but, Alino, here's my question. Um, James Myrtle has brought out names, Kerfoot, Angvel, Janssen, and Freddie Anderson. I mentioned that, I think, two weeks ago. I could maybe see Freddie Anderson getting dealt. What are your thoughts on these four names getting thrown out there? And what would Freddie Anderson's return look like? Yeah, I agree with you there on Anderson. I wouldn't. The only reason why I wouldn't trade him right now is because you don't know what kind of player you can get in return, and then would that put you in a situation where you have a downgraded net 
Like, are you looking at Campbell to be that starter or are you going to try and go after Robin Leonard, like Markstrom, these kind of guys? But those guys are going to want a lot of money based on the way they've been performing. Robin Leonard has been good the last couple of years, but those have been on one-year deals. Like, he hasn't been... The last time he was on a long-term deal, he wasn't doing that great in Buffalo. Maybe his personal issues got in the way, but I think if you want to upgrade a net, I wouldn't waste uh, or risk trading Freddie Anderson knowing that there's no better options out there. That's a sure thing. So uh, with him, it's a real tough situation. I don't think there's uh, any guys in the system that are ready yet to take that role. Um, and then in terms of Kerfoot, I would look at the offers for him. Uh, that Kadri trade obviously didn't work for them. Uh, Tyson Berry didn't really work out in Toronto. But if you can find something for Kerfoot, package him off maybe with a Janssen and see what the return would be on the defenseman, I would look into that. Yeah. I agree there. Uh, I really, I'm looking at the free agent list right now for goalies and it's very, very slim. I mean, you have Robin Leonard and Jakob Markstrom, two guys that have been, they're actually fighting right now in the postseason in the second round. And they're both, they both, they've proven to be great starting goaltenders. I don't know if I would relatively give them a long-term deal. Maybe I would favor Markstrom over Leonard in that regard. But if you're trading Frederick Anderson, like let's say you trade him to uh, Calgary, like wh- what what can you potentially see coming back? Can you maybe see uh, like a Noah Hannafin or a Rasmus Anderson maybe come back on the back end, and maybe you could bring in maybe a Sam Bennett, a guy that needs a new scenery, maybe can switch teams, go to Toronto. Would you do that if you were the Leafs? Would you trade Freddie for maybe a a puck moving D and a and a and a solid forward, or would you? still try and hit the home run and maybe trade Anderson and your first and maybe get a top four defenseman in this league. Yeah, I would, I think I would, the starter would be Hannafin. I would try to maybe see what it would take. Cause I know that trade they do with Carolina ended up working up for both uh, Hamilton going over for Hannafin and that big package. And I think both teams ended up benefiting from that. So if you can do something similar with the Leafs where you know they need goaltending or structured uh, goaltending, hasn't worked out with Talbot and then Mike Smith and just been, um, I guess, uncertainty there long term with them. So if you can uh, take advantage of that, maybe give up Anderson and see what it would take in terms of prospects, maybe a Bracco you throw in, uh, maybe another draft pick, I would uh, go after Hannafin. And then even when you look at goalies, like, Braden Holpe is also available in free agency, but I don't know if he's declined. I don't know. Maybe it's his team. So maybe that's another possibility for some teams like a Calgary. If they might take a Kerfoot and another draft pick and they might want to go all in for Holpe. Uh, but yeah, that's a tough one there. And uh, everyone's saying about the Leafs maybe needing that defenseman. I don't know if you get Elias Anderson. Uh, coming back, I don't know where he would slot because I know they have Lettinen coming in, uh, Dermot, they, I think they want to keep, so I don't know how many puck movers you really want there. So I, for that, I would go for Hannafin right away. Perfect. Uh, also, I'm looking at free agents here uh, for the Leafs if they were to acquire. I'm just going to start listing off D and let me know if you could see the Leafs getting them. So the first D I'm going to list off, obviously, probably not, is Alex Petrangelo. We all expect him to get relatively about eight and a half million wherever he lands. I think he's an absolute star. He's the captain. I think I don't know if he's going to re-sign in St. Louis after losing to Vancouver. I don't. I don't know if I see it. 
but we all know that he is pretty much a loyal guy. I, that's what I see with Tory Krug. I see Tory Krug resigning with the Bruins. I don't see that being a problem. Pasternak is getting paid only like $7 million. So I could see Krug maybe taking a, a, taking a downgrade. I could maybe see him get, getting maybe five and a half to $6 million for maybe five years. I think that's, that's in his ballpark. A lot of people are saying $9 mil, and I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Um, and then, of course, the next defenseman you have who is available free agency, maybe the Leafs can maybe go after, is TJ Brody. He eats up minutes. Uh, at times, we've seen him be a great two-way defenseman. At least, I, I think it was five years ago when he had 47 points. He was absolutely amazing on that blue line. And now he's taken a, taken a step back because of guys like Valimaki, Anderson, Hannafin, all these great uh, defensemen coming up uh, for Calgary. They've passed him in the depth chart now. I remember the top pairing used to be Brody and Giordano for the longest time. If you're the Leafs, do you really want to go after TJ Brody and maybe pair him with a Morgan Riley? It'd be an interesting possibility, uh, but I think like TJ Brody's another guy. When you're looking at uh, Calgary's depth and what they've been able to do, maybe they look at keeping him. Uh, I know Hamannick was another guy that they're looking at him. Like those two guys play like a similar role, but I think they might lean towards TJ Brody. Uh, it might be tough though for the Leafs if they want to get in a bidding war. Uh, like with those two guys, but if there is a situation, I would not mind getting TJ Brody on the Leafs. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I know, uh, Hayes and noodles and all those guys, they were looking at this guy here at number 23, Chris Tanev on Vancouver. He's a shutdown defenseman. Uh, he's playing unreal right now with Quinn Hughes on that back end. now they were saying that they weren't sure if, if they were going to you know, mess that up, if they were not going to sign Chris Tanev. I don't really know what he wants. I, I could see maybe around three and a half to four million for Tanev. But again, if you're the Leafs and you're really tight in cap space, are you really going to offer a shutdown defenseman who gets you around 25 points, about $4 million? I think at that point in time, you really have to look at the cap crunch. You got to see if they can, if they can package out Kerfoot and maybe – Maybe if you really need to get rid of cap space, you, you get rid of Freddie's five mil, you get rid of Kerfoot's three and a half. There's eight and a half mil right there. Maybe you can give Ford to Chris Tanev. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Vancouver is going to, based on the way he's played, I think they're going to try and keep him. I think they'll do anything unless they're getting like a Petrangelo, like if they really want to go all out on him. I don't see Vancouver parting ways with Tanev just because it's a perfect fit for him. Him and Quinn Hughes, it, they mesh well together, uh, great chemistry, and it doesn't really like take away from Vancouver's style of play. It's a safe bet keeping them. So I think eventually they'll probably it'll come down the term, like maybe a three- to four-year deal. Uh, I don't think the cap hit's going to be too much for them, but I just think when they're negotiating, it's just going to come down to how long his contract is. Yeah. Uh, I guess the last thing we'll talk about in today's video um, – or in today's podcast, rather, uh, looking at goalies and if Freddie Anderson actually does get dealt, there are a lot of options that the Leafs can go towards, but I don't see them signing a goaltender that is in free agency to more than two years. I could see it being a bridge deal. Maybe you do a two-year contract at maybe three and a half, four million a year. Um, what are your initial thoughts on that? And um, which, out of all the goalies available, which one do you think stands out the most for the Leafs? 
Oh yeah, for I agree with the bridge deal because you don't know what the cap hit's going to be after or uh, the salary cap itself in two years. But yeah, I think Markstrom, like that's an appealing name. He came into that team. He's really coming to his own. If they're willing, if they're not able to come down to an agreement and they look at a team and they say, okay, we'll trade you Markstrom's rights for Anderson, we'll sweeten up the deal a bit. I think that that's something they should look at if uh, they really want to go long-term thinking there. But in terms of that, uh, maybe a Gorgiev from New York, uh, he's going to be maybe on the outside looking in. You don't know if Lundqvist is going to get bought out. That could be someone off the bench. Uh, Corey Crawford's another name, but if you're going to look at a starting goalie, someone that upgrades your uh, position in the playoffs, maybe I would probably go towards Markstrom. Would you would you take a gamble and a risk on maybe like a Thomas Grice or a Gudobin for maybe two years? Yeah, Grice is a tough one. I think it's just like where he plays uh, had a lot to do with it. If he's on the Leafs, he's facing like you're looking at a night where you're facing 40 shots maybe 35 on a consistent basis. I don't know how he'll be able to handle that. So for him, I wouldn't take that risk. I'd rather go with a bit of more of a proven guy like a Markstrom, uh, maybe even uh, Corey Crawford, just as a veteran voice. Like you have Crawford and Anderson. So I would look at maybe a Campbell trade, but I wouldn't look at going too crazy with that. Just uh, it, We've seen what it's done to the Leafs in the past, doing the Rask for Raycroft. So uh, I would go on a sure thing for now. Uh, actually, you know what? I want to quickly talk about Tuka Rask because no one's really talked about him. And uh, he's been in the league for over a decade, well over a decade, almost two decades, uh, 15 years in the league, respectively, one of the greatest goaltenders to ever lace him up for the Bruins. And then he does that in the bubble. I don't know what his contract is. I don't know if he's a free agent. I don't think he is. But do you, with, because Halak has been playing amazing. And I'm not surprised with that because even in and I'd, I'd say almost every team he's been on Halak and he's been on a lot of teams. He's been on St. Louis. He's been on Buffalo. He's been on the Islanders. And now he's 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 on the Bruins and he's just performed every time. Even remember all those years back when he was on Montreal. Oh, when he yeah. outplayed uh, when he outplayed, I think it was Hugh A or it, and then Carey Price was in the system. So Halak has also been around for a while, but I think he's he's already stolen he's stolen the starting job from Rask, and I think now the Bruins fan base is kind of turned on Tuca. So at this point in time, if you're a franchise like Edmonton or you're a franchise like Calgary who desperately needs goaltending, are you going all in for Tuca Rask this year, or do you see him maybe eyeing more of a retirement? Yeah, uh, for Edmonton, I would go all in on that. I think if you can give up Ryan Nugent Hopkins, that would be an appealing name for Boston. Another playmaker to come in. Like their front line, their like their offense is getting a little older. They're up there in age. So if you can get a guy like Nuge to come in, uh, split the minutes up with the top pairing, and then play with Pasternak on occasion, uh, just give them a different look. Like I think they've been, they've kind of been like structured a certain way for the last decade. And I think if you get a guy like Nugent, you trade Rask. Uh, obviously, I don't think Nugent one-for-one one would do it, but maybe you have to trade someone else on top of that. Uh, I think that would be a kind of move Edmonton should make. Even Boston, like, you look at Halak, he's been great in the playoffs. I'd keep rolling with him. Maybe sign another young goalie out of their system to be that backup and prime him for that role. So 
I think Boston and Edmonton could be trading partners. For sure. Uh, also, before we go off the air today, uh, I want to quickly talk about Nick Robertson. He he made his debut in the qualifying round, and now with Kaspari Kapanen officially gone, how big of a role do you see Nick Robertson having next year? And how many points do you project for this young stud? Oh, boy. I don't want to put any pressure on him, but uh, I have him being uh, kind of a third-line second line kind of guy jumping in the second line second power play unit i go 55 points for him first full year in the league that's awesome i like that uh i don't i don't really know what to believe now with morgan riley i know he, he's going to be a free agent not 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 after this year then the year after at five million dollars now we're all talking about what he's expected or what what he deserves i want to quickly talk about that with you because this guy, to me, he deserves everything. When I look at a guy in Toronto, a guy that has been through it all, he's been with this franchise. It's already holy. It's already been eight years, and that's ridiculous. I remember the day he got drafted. But, man, this guy not only didn't get the captaincy, which I think he should have gotten, but he hasn't had a proper line mate and a defensive partner, I'd say, for the last four years. And it's it pains me to say that because even when he came into the league, with this team, he was put on a brutal team. I think he was his pairing at the time was Mark Fraser, and he just came in and he was plugging it out, getting around 18 minutes. And then all, we were all, you know, hyped and excited. And then, of course, he did not disappoint. Last year, he dropped 70 points, and the rest is history. So, I'll, you know, I got to ask this question because I'm pretty worried about it. We were worried last year about Marner talks. We were worried two years ago about ne- the Nylander talks. How scared should we be? with Morgan Riley's contract coming up, but how much do you see this guy getting? Oh, I think they should be worried to an extent, but I think uh, Shanahan and Dubas probably saw what happened in the last two years, and they're probably going to get a head start on that. Uh, with Morgan Riley, since his contract, he has one year left going into next year. I don't think they can really sign him to an extension until free agency opens. So they have to wait till these playoffs are over. Uh, that when free agency starts, that's when the official, uh, I guess, making his contract official. So right now I'm taking advantage of that period if I'm them before I even call a free agent or uh, make another big trade for the defensive end. I'm signing Morgan Riley long term, get that extension done and then plan ahead from there. Because I think what they made, the mistake they made the last two years was getting Marlowe. You give them that big contract, but then you don't know what it's going to do after when Matthews, Marner, Nylander all come up. So I think right now what they have to do with uh, Morgan Riley is uh, work out an extension. Then when it becomes official, when free agency opens, you announce that and then work your way down that you know his contract. You have a rough idea of the kind of cap it's going to cost your team. And uh, then you go after like Petrangelo, you go after Bufflin, you go after those kind of defensemen and work them into the cap. But I think you need to start with Riley. Uh, that's a top priority. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think when the free agent period starts, I think the Leafs should do what they did with Matthews. You don't even have teams get a sniff to, you know, contact him. You just you you get in the meeting right away and you say, okay, Morgan, we're gonna give you nine million dollars for the next eight years. You've been loyal to us. You're one of the greatest puck moving offensive defensemen in the league. You know, you're you're hitting your prime now. This is going to be the years where 
you know, you, you show how your you, you show your impact. You show how important you are to this franchise. You've been important. I think he should be the captain. I've been saying this for the last two years, and he still is not the captain. It's okay. They gave it to John Tavares. I think that was an incentive in his in his signing as well. Um, I think that's okay. But I do agree with that. I think the Leafs, as soon as free agency hits, they got to have that meeting with Riley. They got to say, hey, we're going to sign Tanev. We're going to sign another defenseman. We're going to make him your pair, your your defensive pairing for the next two, three years. And we're going to sign you to an eight-year contract extension. How do you feel about that? And if he has any questions, regards, him and his agent can work it out because this guy is the real deal and he needs to re-sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, of course, Alino, we could talk about this all day, all night. I quickly want to talk about the contract and the potential exit of William Nylander one last time before we go off because Kapanen got traded and for the longest time I had a hunch that it was going to be Janssen before Kapanen and then at, at a time when Nylander was not performing at his best I thought maybe Nylander was going to go before Kapanen and Janssen so Alino if Nylander is the guy that is dealt in maybe two weeks time are you surprised or has it gotten to that point in Leafs Nation where we're kind of just waiting on the days now, kind of like what, what happened with Phil Kessel. Yeah, I think we're kind of waiting on the days. I wouldn't be surprised because Nylander's contract right now, it's under $7 million, and he's proven to be like a 70-point guy. He can get 80 in the right situation. So I think a lot of teams are going it, to – it's really appealing to a lot of teams. And I think St. Louis is going to be the only team that really makes an effort to uh, trade for him. Tarasenko's out again. That's a huge injury, and they're going to probably look at who can be a good replacement for the time being. I think Nylander crosses all those uh, boxes out for them. He can come in and score. Uh, he's gifted offensively, and he costs under $7 million, So you don't have to pay like $10 million for a guy in free agency. You don't have to overpay for a guy like Mike Hoffman. Uh, so I think they're going to make a trade deal. They'll probably say, I don't know if Vince Dunn will be in that deal. Maybe you were looking at Petrangelo's rights, so you can talk to him a week before uh, free agency opens. But uh, I would say Nylander time is uh, its just inevitable that we'll probably see him in St. Louis next year. Wow, that's a big statement coming from Giancarlo Alino, my boy. All right. <laughs> He's made big statements before, and they've come through. So let's see what happens there you know you know i can see nylander going and i think it's crazy to say just based off of how much they did last year in free agency is the philly flyers i could see nylander going to philly only because of the crop of young defensemen they have and if i'm dubis i'm licking my lips looking at that team they have philip myers in the back end who was believe it or not i think he was undrafted and he's absolutely incredible they have Robert Hag, who, again, he's not relatively known in Philly. He hasn't really made noise, but he is a he's a shutdown defenseman. He's a tree. But the guy that I am going after, if I'm trying to trade, of course, Provorov is off limits. He's their, he's their knight and he's their golden knight right there. He's the guy that's going to lead that blue line for years. I'm going after Travis Sanheim. I think this is a defenseman that can really benefit the Toronto Maple Leafs roster and how they're structured. I think he's a little bit better than a Travis Dermott, at least on the defensive end. And I think Travis Sandheim could even play power play minutes when he really feels like putting up that offensive gear. So if I'm the Leafs, I'm maybe, if you can't get a Petrangelo or a, or a Vince Dunn, 
maybe you can look at the young defenseman in Philadelphia and maybe Travis Sanheim. I think that could be a realistic option. And just imagine seeing Nylander and JVR <laughs> in Philadelphia. What a sight that is. <laughs> That'd be true. That, I really don't have any other questions for you, Alino. If you want to add anything else, I'm pretty sure that's it for today's episode. Um, we quickly just discussed the Leafs situation. Next week, we'll have Pinello on, and we'll probably discuss a little more about the situation, not just the Leafs, but free agency in general. We still have to talk about Steven Stamkos. I don't know where he's been. He's been out for five months. Hopefully, he comes back soon. He has that lower body injury. And uh, if you guys have not been keeping up with the NHL playoffs, please do so. We have a great series in Vegas and uh, Vancouver, Colorado, Dallas, and, of course, the Islanders, Flyers, and the Bruins and the Lightning. So, guys, other than that, I'm Chris Martelli here with Giancarlo Alino signing off for episode 94.